I'm Tina Burbine. And I'm Mark Pasquale. And we're members of the HealthLink Advisors team. We are releasing a series of short episodes about demystifying data governance within healthcare data and analytics. It's a complicated topic, but it really doesn't need to be because odds are they're actually doing this already. We're going to break it down using examples from many of the activities that we were that were taking place during the response to COVID because all of us can relate to the work we did to create and maintain those daily COVID dashboards and reports. Before we get into that, we should start talking about the reactions we often hear when the term data governance is used. Mark, what's your experience been when you bring that up in discussion? We usually get a noticeable reaction. Um, organizations really do understand the importance, but for, for a lot of different organizations, it's difficult to either uh, implement, execute the processes for getting it implemented or really maintaining momentum, especially after a big project. Yes, I definitely agree. It's the quickest way to end a meeting because nobody wants to talk about it. If a Zoom session is running long, bring up data governance and see what happens. I guarantee you it'll be seconds before everybody hangs up. It seems to carry such a negative connotation. So we should start by eliminating that word from our vocabulary. If each time we use that term, our team members recoil, let's stop bothering them with that word and instead focus on what we really need, which is just simply managing the data. For many of us who have formal technical backgrounds that may seem counterintuitive, and you might be thinking right now, what do you mean we can't say data governance? But if we take a minute to think about how much time we've spent on the phone or in meetings trying to explain what that means, because the term itself induces such a strong reaction and oftentimes confusion, um, we're missing out on what we're really trying to help everybody do, which is simply manage the data together. And so if we focus on that, all of a sudden this data governance thing becomes more attainable. And when a team is looking to build close collaboration, eliminating any preconceived ideas and being able to focus on the actual data work is extremely important. So that's our first step. Let's stop confusing our colleagues and talk about the collaboration needed to manage the data together. Because managing data is a team sport. This diagram represents a whole lot of data-specific outputs, but the number one thing that it requires is the input from everybody across the team. I'm talking across the various business units too. So in order to manage the data and be successful at that, we have to have cross-team communication and collaboration as the focus. And in talking about that, notice that I'm not using that four-letter word, data governance, to portray that at all. Let's talk about how managing data during the pandemic was happening. This subject is so timely given the current climate of health systems establishing a recovery plan post-pandemic because there were a lot of really good data practices that were occurring without teams necessarily identifying um, due to the emergency response to COVID. So if we take a minute to reflect on what I mean by that, I'm talking about the way that the teams were coming together to work over the past few months. And if we look at what that was, two key things were, were happening. First is, 
we were using agile analytic practices and of course agile data management workflows as well. So let's start talking about what we mean by agile analytic practices. Mark, how do you define agile analytics? So Tina, that's a great question. So if you look at really the definition of analytics and there's a lot of good ones out there, the one one of the ones I like the most is that analytics is really the process of pulling insight rather than pushing data. So agile analytics is then a style for building data marts as well as business intelligence and analytics applications that are focused on delivering value from data on an expedited and iterative basis. At the heart of agile analytics development are core values that really combine the best practices of project planning, management, and monitoring in fast cycles of development for expedited output with team collaboration occurring every step of the way. So these teams then go, go forward in uh, to complete short cycles or sprints. And each time that cycle of work is completed, there's an incremental value that's added to the output. I like how you frame that because it's a formal definition that describes how the health teams were working with data during the COVID response. There were daily meetings with team discussions to define and create the metrics that were needed to monitor the COVID measures. So for those who are formally agile trained, you may refer to those as daily sprints, but for those who are not, all that matters is that the team was coming together and it was a variety of team members who were meeting regularly to make those decisions and take action based on those decisions to produce analytics. That work was not aimed at being perfect each day, but rather about making progress at a pandemic speed. So the expectation of the team was that if anything was discovered as needed to be adjusted, they could come back and do that adequately, communicate it out to everybody else and continue moving forward. We started talking about agile analytics because many teams began functioning like that without realizing it. And as a result, we're also incorporating rapid agile data management practices. Yes, for those who are still stuck on the term data governance, I could have used that there, but remember we're trying to eliminate that from our vocabulary. So the word agile, when we think about that, you know, it represents nimble and being quick moving and dexterous, which are all of the characteristics of the data management activities that were occurring over the past few months. The analytics to support COVID were rapidly being produced because teams were able to quickly come together, have a meeting, make a decision, agree on a, say, a metric definition, and that was happening in the course of hours instead of over the course of weeks or months. It may not have been perfect, but the team agreed that it was good enough and understood that they could come back and update it as much as they needed to moving forward. It was good enough for now it would serve their purpose. And so if we look at those examples of dashboards that we can highlight here, it's easy to see what we're talking about. So the teams were rapidly creating the criteria for the number of COVID cases, the percentage of cases that were positive and the number of patients that were being admitted and discharged. And in order to accomplish this, the team was collaborating at a very high speed to determine the data elements and the sources of truth that made sense to use when developing those measures. And as time went on, more information was learned and gathered. Those measures were revisited and updated as they needed to be. Those are very real world examples 
of what's been occurring as the result of the urgency for the data in order to support the pandemic response. Mark, what are some examples that you can think of? Uh, well, you mentioned the definitions, which I think is a, is a real good one. Um, as, uh, as each of the definitions for the measures were agreed upon, they were quickly published for the team's use, uh, which was very important to, to meet the, the rapid delivery. Um, also, um, all the collaboration meant that the team members from each of the business units came together to support the combined use of data and information, such as uh, clinical and financial data, to produce meaningful analytics. And then um, uh, the business and clinical context were validating the data as well as, as the process continued. Yes, we experienced data sharing between normally siloed teams. People were engaged in data validation and the communication was flowing quickly and consistently, enabling the transparency of information obtained with the publication of dashboards and easily accessible data dictionaries were documented and those were kept up to date by everybody. And that output is generally very challenging for a team to produce because there are so many competing priorities between the teams across an organization that it can oftentimes take months to get even one metric outlined and published like that. So all of these scenarios show what's possible when there's an urgency and focused strategic effort in place. And while we hope there's no future pandemic that we need to worry about, you know, these past few months have really helped many teams mature their data and analytic practices because the three core analytic program elements were being met. It was a stated priority for the organization. Everybody was banded together to support COVID activities, right? The organization was clear on data sources, on who owned which data types and how it was going to be used to support the, the COVID analytics. And everybody was engaged in actually using that information and were a part of actually maintaining the authenticity of it too. Well, very good. So now that we've really kind of talked about agile analytics and data governance processes um, that a lot of teams have been following, especially over the entire COVID pandemic, um, we can take a few minutes next to kind of talk about uh, how, we, how, how we can leverage the momentum of this as you referred to it, pandemic speed, data analytics, COVID work, to continue propelling your organization's data maturity forward. That's right. As we look ahead, how do teams continue expanding their data management knowledge and workflows? Now's a perfect time to create an action plan that will define the steps to continue expanding your data management practices in a post-COVID world. Yeah, so in order to really outline the action plan, we really can identify all of the major, or at least some of the analytic activities that were taking place uh, to support the, the, uh, the COVID pandemic. For example, one of the ones that uh, I had uh, heard about, which I, I found extremely interesting, was the way that physicians were using uh, analytics at the point of care to identify the potential cytokine storm in patients uh, that would put them at risk of severe infection with COVID. So using analytics, they were identifying trends in blood work that showed them when the potential cytokine storm could occur and they would give appropriate treatment like immunosuppressive drugs in order to prevent that from occurring, which prevented a lot of patients from going on ventilators uh, and then imp improve their outcomes. And that's just one example. There are uh, 
there was a surge in identification dashboards, for example, which applied new predictive modeling for things like uh, the needs that they had, PPE, staffing, uh, and facility prep requirements, especially in the ICU. And then um, they were also using it for local, state, and federal reporting requirements, uh, more than likely. That was kind of a combination of manual and automated reports that had to be combined and shared on a daily basis to meet the reporting requirements uh, for positive COVID results, as well as outcomes. Those are all great points that enable an organization to take a step back and acknowledge how much was accomplished in a very short amount of time. You know, organize a meeting to deliberately share, based on those COVID analytics, the areas of data management success that were happening and could be labeled pockets of excellence. In the same meeting, the team can also identify the areas of opportunity for improvement as well. And the types of things that might be considered opportunities for improvement become the tasks that are represented in that action plan. Some examples of these uh, could be any incomplete documentation that might need to be updated or maybe even created. You know, odds are that because we were working at such a fast uh, speed that there's a list of things that could be identified and filled in at this point. You know, also consider identifying the manual data manipulation that was occurring and discuss, does it make sense to automate some of those things in the future? So for instance, how were the dashboards published and circulated? You know, were there reports that were manually updated each day and then emailed around? Could we automate some of that so that information is pushed to the end users? You know, identify data sh sharing challenges that may have been happening as well. You know, uh, the areas of data validation uh, and those workflows that could be strengthened. You know, was the team able to identify the correct data subject matter expert quickly? Um, and if not, why, why was that a challenge? So how did the team know that they had the right contact or SME to help engage in that data-specific work? All right, so the, the areas of opportunity that have been identified is really a list of work that comprise an, comprises an action plan. So it's important that all stakeholders participating in this discussion also provide input into ranking the order in which improvements should be made. So the goal is to create a consensus around the action plan and next steps for your organization. It's critical to ensure that a variety of team members participate in the meeting. This means having representation from infection control and finance, rev cycle, supply chain, HR, inpatient and outpatient, quality care management, of course, IT and analytics. You know, and while I've sat here and rattled through so many different uh, business unit areas, it really should mimic the representation of the variety of talent that was engaged in supporting the COVID analytics work. So essentially you're looking for your clinical, your business and your technical team contacts. And remember, ensuring that a variety of team representation is included will also serve your future data discussions and decisions that should be taking place. So the way to do this is to create a charter that formalizes this team meeting and collaboration and provides them future purpose. So while this initial meeting is COVID data focused, you'll actually be using the momentum of the team collaboration from COVID to continue driving your data maturity forward. Let's talk about what elements are in a charter. 
there are two things that should be represented, a set of guiding principles and the membership list. This keeps the charter from becoming overly complicated, yet also serves as the baseline for how the team will continue functioning together. Guiding principles are statements that represent how and why the team will continue collaborating for that unified purpose. So some example guiding principle statements that are often meaningful to teams are an acknowledgement that the data is an important for the success of the organization and that the process of data management is a partnership between business, clinical, and IT, and that together these timely decisions are going to be made with the unified support of everybody. Something else that comes to mind that we frequently see and encourage teams to adopt as well is that the, this group should have the authority and responsibility for enforcing the data rules and that there's going to be consistency around the data definitions, how information is shared and managed as well for the organization. When we talk about the membership, we're referring to the participants who are going to be involved and that that list highlights that all teams are represented. Remember that these membership seats can change uh, because Keep in mind that this group should be meeting long-term, but the membership seats can be adjusted from each business area that's participating every six months or to a year. And this will ensure that it's a shared team responsibility and that the data processes become familiar to everybody over time. So keep in mind that the guiding principles and the membership list in this approach for the charter were happening informally and were being followed by the team during COVID. So there shouldn't be anything wrong with putting that on paper to reinforce everybody's commitment moving forward to continue working collaboratively around data. If you're in need of a sample charter, feel free to email us at the address shown on the screen. Let's summarize what we've talked about. First, we're no longer going to frighten our colleagues with the term data governance, and we're going to focus on managing the data. Two, a positive side effect from the pandemic is that your data practices have matured. So let's get everybody back together to acknowledge the analytics work that was achieved and create an action plan to address the areas that could be strengthened. And four, finally, Put a charter in place to keep the momentum going so that you and your team can continue propelling your data journey forward. Join us for our next episode where we are going to discuss how to ensure this group remains action-oriented by understanding what information to bring into future meetings. On behalf of Mark and myself and the entire HealthLink Advisors team, thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tina.